beautiful is your Audio Beauty Brunch Table? A source for conversations on all things skincare, makeup, fashion, styling, health and wellness, and general female fun. Brought to you by two women with over 20 years of friendship. So grab your girlfriends, pour a mimosa, and let's get boldly beautiful. Hey guys, we're back and we've got a super fun episode. I'm so excited about this episode. So this is another episode of the Boldly Beautiful podcast. I'm Candace, And I'm Jen. And today we're going to skip the small talk because we kind of just want to get right to it today. We have listener questions. Yeah. Plus I feel like we're going to have enough small talk just talking about some of these questions. Some of these are <laughs> so good. Like I'm super pumped. So we've been asking everyone if you have a question, skincare related, or even just about us or our practice or any of that, just to shoot us a message on our social media or send us an email. You can find all of those at the end on our show notes. Um, and we welcome those at any time because when we get enough of these, I think we should do one of these episodes like as soon as we get. Yeah. Just to kind of make it fun. Plus, we love knowing what interests you guys. Yes. Like, I mean, we love hearing ourselves talk. <laughs> Not really. I think um, you have to to want to do a podcast. I've been having some issues. I'm not going to lie. I don't like the sound of my voice when it's recorded. So this has been legitimately hard for me to get. Really? Yeah. Like to get over and just put it out there in the universe. Anyway, I didn't. That used to really bother me. But I think. Being, like, in theater and having a lot of what I've done be, like, recorded and videotaped and then going back and watching it or listening to it. You got used to the sound of your own voice. Yeah, you kind of get used to it. Yeah. But I guess this is part of what being vulnerable is all about. It's just putting it out there in the universe. And it is what it is. So... Like us or love us. Those are really <laughs> the only two options. You can't hate us. If you don't like us, <laughs> don't just listen. don't listen. <laughs> We're not right. holding a gun to your head. <laughs> You're an adult and can make your own choices. All right. So, am I going to go first? Yes. Okay. What have you got? So, our first question is, how important are all the charcoal masks on the market right now, and is that a weekly treatment? Ooh, that's a good question. My answer, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's not just yes or no? No. It's not. <laughs> okay, let's be honest. No skincare question should ever be yes or no. Right. Right? Unless we're talking about St. Ives at Apricot Scrub, <laughs> in which case the answer is always no. We are going to be sued by the St. Ives I Company. <laughs> do not care. We are doing the entire world a favor. Okay, here's where you can use the St. Ives apricot scrub. On your butt cheek. You can, <laughs> yes. You can use it on your body. Yes. And you can use it like on your hands and feet. It's because basically feet, yeah. it's like a pumice. Mm-hmm. It's a pumice cleanser, like for feet. Right. That they are trying to tell you to use on your face. Yeah, and I will never get behind that. And here's the thing. They are walnut shells. Yeah. Yes, where did they even get that apricot? It's <laughs> the apricot pits. Oh, okay. So they took the apricot right. pits. They yeah. ground them down. Okay, which that is 
Facial Scrub 101. Right. Is it should not be a jagged piece. And therein lies the problem. Yes. It should be. The scrub molecule should actually be a smooth ball. Uh Uh-huh. Not like, anything with jagged pieces. Because That's let's the be key. honest, and this is what I tell anybody that comes to me and asks about the scrub. If you ground up glass, <laughs> would you still rub it on your face? No. I would hope Ow. you would say no. Because even in a smaller, you know, size, it's still jagged. And it's still not. Right. Yeah, just don't right. do that to your skin. Anyway, we got off on a tangent. Wow. Back to charcoal. We were not asked about scrubs at all. (laughs) No, we weren't. Okay. So charcoal, yes, charcoal, uh, you know, has been around since the beginning of time and was probably like the original skincare ingredient of Paleolithic man. Uh, But for some reason, it's like having a moment in 2019. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it is good. It is good. It It has its place. It has its place. So what it does is... um, Charcoal attracts molecules from dirt, oil, poisons, other chemicals. Mm -hmm. It's extremely detoxifying. It is. And so if you have those issues in your body or on your skin, it is an excellent treatment to use. Now, it can be used once a week depending upon your skin type and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, it can also be very drying. Yeah. So where are the times we would not want to use it? So here is my professional opinion. It, I think, depending on your skin type, will determine how often to use it. It is a once-a-weeker if you have oily skin. Right. Because it can really work to dry out some of that oil. Um, I still, even if you have the oiliest skin, I still would not use it more than once a week. And here's why. Because if you are continually stripping your skin's natural oils, which if you do anything too much, right, as far as drying and mattifying type masks and products, your skin is going to realize that the oil it's trying to produce for its protective mechanism in the acid mantle, because that is what protects our skin, especially on our face, is that acid mantle, which is a combination of your skin's oil and sweat kind of mixed together. Um, If it feels like you are just constantly stripping it of its natural oils, it will go into overdrive and produce even more. Mm -hmm. Because it feels like, oh, we're, we're obviously not doing enough because it's not sitting on our skin anymore. Yeah. So you can swing the pendulum, and even though you already have oily skin, by constantly removing it, you could be sending signals to your body saying to produce even more. Yeah. So at the very most, I would say use it once a week, and that is only if you already have an oily skin type. If you have combination or normal skin mm-hmm. where your T-zone's a little bit oily or you have the oil on your nose and forehead and that sort of thing, you can use it either just on those oily areas 
like maybe once a week. That's how I've done it. Mm-hmm. I just you put can it on mix. my nose. Yeah, you can mix and match mm-hmm. masks. There's no rule that says you have to put on the same exact mask all over products all over your face. Right. Your face has different regions. Most of them do. Um, where you have excess oil or excess dryness, like treat it accordingly. But anyway, if you have normal or combination skin or you're not dealing with oiliness, I'd say maybe every other week, maybe. Um, Just as long as your skin is in a generally healthy condition. And then if you have a dry skin, but you're wanting to still utilize the charcoal for its detoxifying effects, I'd say once a month. Yeah. And then just make sure you're following up with a good moisturizer and toner moisturizer. Great. Good question. Yeah, that is a great question. Okay, so I've got a fun one. Um, What celebrity would you love to treat and why? So I'll go first. You go first. Because this was a question that was sent to me, so I kind of had a minute to um, think about that, but I would love to treat Rachel Hollis. Okay. She is the author of Girl, Wash Your Face and Girl, Stop Apologizing. She's a huge self-care advocate. I um, listen to her podcasts and kind of catch some of her live social media videos and things like that. A, I would love to have her on my treatment um, table just because I think she's hilarious. I think she's down to earth and would totally fit in with our vibe here. Um, B, I think um, I could help her some with her skin, just different conditions that I know she faces. Celebrities are people too. Yes. Hello. They deal with issues and acne and breakouts and you know, they might deal skin. with more issues than the common person Probably. because of stress, all of the stress, makeup, makeup, the yeah. travel, travel. Yep. Yeah, they're up against a lot of conditions that are very, very hard on your skin. But I also would love to treat her because I know she recognizes the importance and advocates for self care. Yes. So I know she would appreciate what we're doing. She would really find the value in it and really know that it's much more than just treating the skin Mm -hmm. we're treating the overall body we're treating the mind the body and the spirit so that's who I would love to treat so mine I would kind of go along the same lines of I would actually rather Pick a celebrity based on, like, personality Mm -hmm. versus, (laughs) like, what I thought their skin would be like or what I thought it would be like to, you know, the notoriety that might come from, from, like, working on them. Uh, Because this is such a personal business, you really, really, really have to like each other to to have a good working relationship, a good client-practitioner relationship. So I would definitely pick someone like a Kristen Bell or or like a Reese Witherspoon or an Emma Stone, like a a girl's girl that would be funny and would be from our personality type. Yes, yes, (laughs) that would totally like we would get them and they would get us and we would have fun. But then they also probably because they're in the industry and they know that like, you know, their looks 
are important for what they do. That's part of their brand. They would probably listen to us and actually like follow, follow our advice and right. be good clients and um, follow their at-home care routines and yeah. um, and then you would just have a blast like hanging out with them while you're yeah. giving them facials. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be so much fun. Yes. That would be mine. Okay. We'll have to reach out to Kristen Bell. Yes. Listen, if you're ever in this, if ring you're ever there, in this area, please come see us. Okay. So I did always have a secret dream that while Brad Pitt was married to either Jennifer Aniston or Angelina Jolie, that they, because they came to town. Yeah. Like they were in town with him all the time. They, they would secretly come to town and like no one would know. I always like had a secret fantasy that they would like come out of facial for yes. <laughs> Be like, well, how's uh, how are all twelve children? How are all the kids? <laughs> you really need this neck massage I'm yes. about to give you, yes. Angelina. Okay. Um, okay. So my next one. Okay. So this is one that made us both squeal when I said it before we started recording because it's probably the most important skincare question oh, ever asked. I know which one you're about to say. Go. How important is toner? Oh, that is the angel singing from heavens as they lower toner okay so we have to keep this short because yeah. this is a compilation <laughs> yes yeah. so, but we're probably gonna have like a whole episode on toner guys because yeah. we're a little obsessed with toner yeah we are so in in three minutes how okay. important is toner okay one and the most important part of toner is it resets your skin's pH balance. So we've talked multiple times about your skin is slightly acidic. I think we've mentioned something to that end on every single episode that we've done. But the thing is, when we are treating you in a professional setting, we are disrupting that pH balance with a lot of the treatments or the products that we're using, and that's okay. Sometimes it's even the complete purpose of mm. the treatment, such as chemical peels and things right. like that. We are purposely going in and disrupting your skin's pH so that we can penetrate that acid mantle and get to your actual skin where we are treating concerns. Um, however, after we are finished doing our good deeds, it is imperative that we restore that pH balance. And that is where toner comes in. So even if it's not just in a professional balance, but even if you're at home and you are cooking all day or you're out walking about in the world and have free radicals and pollutants and all these things, UVA and B rays, constantly beating at your skin and even some cleansers are designed to work by slightly disrupting that pH balance. It is so important to restore that pH balance so your face gets its force field back. So and then there are other good things that toners can do. They can have different ingredients that are soothing and calming and nutrient rich and so right. they're feeding and calming the skin too but the the nuts and the bolts of toner is it resets your force field on your face and million dollar question is astringent toner? No. 
oh my gosh, I, a small part of me cries a tiny bit when people say, oh, I don't need toner, I use witch hazel. Ugh. So you are stripping your skin. Yes. <laughs> and you are leaving it in that stripped and raw state forever. Which hazel has its place. I'm not right. saying, you know, there has been one or two clients. I told them to throw away their witch hazel, but that was because of their specific skin type. But witch hazel has its place. Yes, it's natural. I love that about it, but it is not a toner. No. It is meant to actually strip away the surface and kind of astringent mm -hmm. um, base for your skin. So not the same thing. Just because they are commonly used in the same place in the skincare routine, gotcha. I think that that might be where people are getting confused. Right. Maybe. It is the because watery after, substance right. that you put on after, after cleansing. cleansing. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's just to strip yeah. away any excess oils for those certain skin types that need right. it. And then if you pay attention to actual pro skincare routine lists, it will tell you to use the astringent and then use an actual toner. toner. Mm -hmm. It is not replacing the toner. You were still supposed to, in fact, you were now even more. more. I was going to say, if, if, anything, if you are including the use of an astringent, you have to use a toner. Because otherwise you're just walking out there with a raw yeah. you know, face for all of those free rider. You're going to age faster. You're going to you know, have those skin breakouts and those... Um, minor but still potentially incredibly damaging you know factors hit your face right so yeah use toner excellent yeah. question yeah one of our favorites okay um so how about some of our favorite podcasts the Ooh. question was what are some of your favorite podcasts oh, that's I'll let one. you go first because you've got like a whole list <laughs> Mine vary week to week. My okay. Well, all of mine fall into one of three categories. Mm -hmm. Murder. I've cut murder. <laughs> I've got the first one. Okay, so there's pop culture and true crime, um, and and they they go together because what got me on this whole bandwagon was Heather McDonald's podcast, Juicy Scoop, which mm -hmm. you introduced me to. Yes. And I think now I've become even more obsessed yes, with than you, you have. You listen to it for um, more than I do. But she talks about all her favorite Bravo shows. Uh -huh. But then her sister is a big lawyer in California, so every once in a while they would have true crime episodes where her sister comes on and they talk about real-life famous court cases or murder cases or kidnapping cases and that got me super into the idea of true crime podcasts and then a couple of halloweens ago i was kind of like wanting something festive to listen to and everybody started talking to me about my favorite murder and that i should be listening to that podcast and at first it really weirded me out because it's a comedy podcast about murder, mm -hmm. which seems really bad. But it actually is highly entertaining, incredibly thought-provoking, and in some ways actually teaches you how to not get murdered. So now I'm obsessed with listening to it just so you can like learn from all the stories. Life skills. Yeah. And I'm also a huge history buff, and they've talked about famous murders throughout history, like 
famous ones from the 1940s and 50s and 60s. And so it's also really cool if you're just like a history geek and you really like to, to kind of talk about socioeconomical things that were happening at a certain time and then how that might have affected a certain crime. And it's really good. Plus, the, the two girls that do it are hilarious and they're good at keeping it light, um, but still being reverent about it. And I'm obsessed with their podcast. Um, the third category is anything having to do with famous people's stories. Mm -hmm. I love hearing people's life stories and how like they lived this crazy life and then how they built their careers. And um, so I really love um, Alec Baldwin's podcast here's the thing regardless of how you feel about alec and his politics and who he is as a person the man is an incredible interviewer and he has the most engaging conversations with celebrities and political figures and um even like non-celebrities just people who have accomplished really cool things in their lives about what their journey was and what their origin story was and it's so so fascinating and there's a couple of new ones there's another one you told me about mm -hmm. that I'm going to start listening to in this new year um and then um CBS News actually puts out a great one called Mobituaries and it's the lie it's the little known facts about the lives of famous people from history like the oh, founding cool. fathers mm -hmm. and people who owned big companies and um yeah, and I, I want to get into that one. And then the third is business podcasts. Anything business. Um, We're both huge fans of Being Boss. Um, I'm into um, the Tribe of Unstoppables with um, Kelly Roach, who's a really cool business coach. Um, so just anything where you get to geek out about building a business. Yeah. All about that. Love those. Yeah. Well, except for the murder ones. So I don't really get into the true crime. Although. <laughs> well, so, you have okay. one. Yes. So I, I almost have to say instead of a singular podcast, it's actually, I'm finding I love almost anything put out by Wondery. Mm -hmm. And so that includes, um, Dr. Death, which is, and they're all mini-series, so it's not an ongoing podcast. It's yeah. just like a, anywhere from 6 to 10 Like episode. a limited run. Right. Um, so Dr. Death was about a Dallas-based neurosurgeon who just went to town. There were something like 30 or 35 patients that really um, were either crippled or several died under his care. And it's just telling the story of how that happened. And it was just really interesting to me also because I used to work in the operating room as a nurse. So I found that aspect of the actual OR um, details pretty fascinating. And then also by Wondery was Bad Batch, which was talking about the science of stem cells and how they've been used or misused. Um, and that one's very recent. So that talks about things that have taken place last year and this year, oh, 2018, wow. mm -hmm. 2019, which I thought was an incredible series done. And then the third, um, actually, they also have a whole mini series on Epstein which oh. told me different things um, that I had no idea. So I've found that incredibly interesting. Yeah. And then their latest, which is the one you 
reference that you were going to start listening to is called A Life Imagined. And so what they do is they take a famous person and essentially tell that person's story almost in first person format and you don't find it. So it's meant to be like you are that person, mm-hmm. the way they're telling the life story and you don't find out who you are until the very end of the episode, which is fascinating. I just love that. So it's like going through the Titanic Museum. Kind of. That's yeah. how going through the Titanic yeah. Museum. You're given you a game. Give a card. Yep. And you, you live don't. the experience on the boat like uh-huh. they had it and then you don't find out till the very end when you get to the wall yep. of everyone's names whether you lived or you died which is an incredibly entertaining yeah concept. so those um i feel like are i've just been hooked on wondery um and then i am a big business podcast geek myself so i listen to gold digger by jenna kutcher Um, a lot. She gives a lot of great, valuable advice about entrepreneurship and just all the facets. Social media marketing. And And then um, Business Boutique. Uh, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. And so this is actually put on by one of his um, leadership people in his business. Um, But it's put on by Christy Wright. And it's an amazing business based and it incorporates like Christian values and things in there too. So it's kind of a nice um, overall business podcast that kind of appeals to also has to, life coaching. Yeah, too. that's yeah. a great way to put it. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know how to say it, but it's an overall like you. F- I feel very fulfilled when I listen to it. It gives you practical advice, but then it also kind of helps just recenter you a little bit. And then the talking TED Talks is mm. the other one I love. So what right, they that's a great one do too. is they use excerpts from the actual TED Talks and they talk about it. And a lot of times they'll have that person that gave the TED Talk on. So they're kind of interviewing that person. They're throwing in snippets from the actual TED Talk, and then they're, the hosts are talking amongst themselves. So it's kind of like, cool like when you're watching like commentary on a DVD. Yes. Like, like they're showing behind-the-scenes yes. stuff. Yes. They're building pop-up videos. Yes, pop-up video. So I'd say those are the ones on heavy rotation for me um, right now. But again... I change podcasts kind of like I change furniture. Like I'll go through a season where I'm, you know, listening to the same ones and then I'll kind of need a break. So I'll go listen to something else for a while. But those are the big ones. Yeah, I do that too. Mm -hmm. So great question. Yeah, love that one. All right. We've got time for a couple more. Um, So you want me to do? Yeah, let's do the... Washing the face? Yeah. Okay, so this is a great one. I was told not to wash my face in the morning because it could be too drying. Is that true? So I would say, and it's funny because I actually just saw a big time um, Instagram influencer that is a skincare professional Mm. talking about this and actually advising not to wash the face in the morning. And a small part of me cried a little bit. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I think if you're using the right products, it is not too drying. Right. 
foaming cleansers are incredibly, incredibly drying. Mm -hmm. So even if you have oily skin, maybe you don't want to use a foaming cleanser every morning. Or maybe you want to use the foaming cleanser at night in a creamy cleanser in the morning. Yeah. Like, but I do think, in my professional opinion, and I tell all of my clients, it's important to wash your face in the morning, not just like with water, but actually cleanse your face because you have been shedding skin cells yes. all night. You, even if you wash your face, which hopefully everyone <laughs> listening has, um, before you go to bed, your pillows have picked up dirt and debris, maybe from your hair or maybe from right. your PJs or whatever, or your partner, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? The dog, if <laughs> you allow right. pets in your bed, like you are still exposed to things all night long. Spiders have crawled on your face probably. <laughs> Sorry for that visual image, but I read somewhere that you eat like so many spiders yes, in your sleep in your over your lifetime. Right. And that like took me a minute to get over. But um, so yeah, wash that stuff off of your face because not only has all of that landed on or been happening on or around your skin, but then you're laying on a pillowcase. Yes. That's like cementing it to your skin. <laughs> you're just like pressing And we're it not on. washing our pillowcases every day. Right. I don't know if anyone, even I, I don't wash my pillowcase no. every day. I, I rotate clean pillowcases, but probably my average is around three days yeah. or so. So, I mean, that's still, and that's a lot for some people. Right. Like, I know plenty of men out there that don't wash their sheets or change their pillowcases mm -hmm. for like weeks at a time. Right. Which, that's a whole nother subject and I'm going <laughs> to try not to think about that too much. But yeah, I think it's incredibly important to wash your face. Yeah. Just use well, the right thing. And here's the thing too. If you're doing a proper skincare routine every time you wash your face, and I will say it, my biggest skincare pet peeve is people who don't wash their faces at night. Mm-hmm. If I think the greatest cardinal sin is to sleep in your makeup. It ages you seven times faster. Yes, it does. It ages you. It's terrible. It is so, so bad for you. It's horrible for your eyes mm -hmm. to sleep in eye makeup. Mm -hmm. It causes infections. It's really, really bad if you wear contacts. Um, do not do it. You and have even, to wash your face And even night. if you feel like, hey, I've been doing this and I'm getting away with it, I don't break out, blah, 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 that's fine. But in 10 years, yeah. you are going to be reaping what you're sowing now. So you may not be experiencing anything that you think is bad when it comes to your skin from not washing it before bed. I mean... Full disclosure, I used to not wash my face or take off my makeup before bed. This used like, to be a huge debate yes, in our friendship. <laughs> yes. I mean, she could not believe it. But then getting into as a nurse and then as an actual skincare professional, like realizing the fundamental and physiological changes and what it's doing to your skin and how it's impeding that cellular turnover and how it's settling into those beginning fine lines and wrinkles that just, I mean, it's essentially taking a trowel and digging your fine lines and wrinkles yeah. deeper because you're just grinding that in to yeah. those small crevices. Mm -hmm. So do yourself a favor and just get in the hat and just break it down. If you don't feel like... 
you have time at the end of your night or you're just exhausted, start doing it as soon as you get home from work. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, nothing It's like says, taking off your bra. Right. Freedom. Freedom. I just had the break part image in my Freedom head. Freedom yeah. and clean skin and just feeling like you've washed all the stresses of your day away. Yeah. But in the morning, even, if you're having a proper skincare routine where you are washing, toning, and moisturizing... There's no such thing as drying your skin out. Right. Right. That's the only way that that's going to dry your skin out is if you didn't put on moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Or, or didn't have appropriate skincare products. Right. And, I mean, it might be time if you're experiencing some dryness. I mean, seasons change. We talked about that a little bit in, in one of our episodes about transitioning your skincare to fall and winter. I mean, we're not saying if you are experiencing a season of dryness that you're not doing what you're supposed to. Because we know your skin changes, the weather changes, but that's prime time to get with your professional or do some research and find out how to change your routine to match the environment concerns that are happening along with your skin condition. But absolutely, I think that was misinformation in my professional opinion mm-hmm. that you were told not to wash your face in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've got one last question. I think it's the perfect one to end on. (laughs) Is it hard working with your best friend? Hell no! It is awesome. (laughs) Guys, we, Candace and I, look at each other like several times a week, I feel like, and think this is what we've dreamt of Mm -hmm. our entire adult life. We are living our best lives. Yeah. It's awesome to know that you're coming into a workplace and you are teaming up with someone that's got your back, that loves you, and it's just been... I know there's a lot of advice out there. I think we both have heard it about don't work, you know, don't mix Don't work with your spouse, don't work with your best friend, it's going to be a relationship killer. But that is all based on who... You are right, like you. Okay, so let's give our tips on some for someone who's considering working with their best friend because I think that might be mm-hmm. where this question sure. might be coming Maybe. from. Yeah, is um, you know, if, if you're debating on doing anything with a close friend or a spouse, mm-hmm. or here's here's how I approached it. Um, I was already self-aware enough to know that I'm the kind of person that actually prefers to work with friends over strangers. Mm-hmm. Some people, they are not that way. Sure. They, they don't know how to have the kind of like real tough conversations with friends or family. Um, they could only have those kinds of people who were more in an acquaintance or a stranger or a just like colleague right so rule number one is get really self-aware about yourself i would agree if you know you're the kind of person that you just can't have tough conversations with your friends or your family or you can't handle awkward situations with your friends or your family or you have completely different personality types or communication styles do not go into business with your right. best friends. And I think that would be worth even taking a professional like personality like the Clifton Strengths test or the Colby yes. or something like that 
and do do go, some analysis. Even yeah. the Myers Briggs, just yeah. to know where you both are on the Myers Briggs, and do it together. Yeah, like do it together with the purpose of knowing. Okay, we are finding out each other's strengths and weaknesses because we both did this. I mean, we had already kind of committed to going, but we've also known each other for 20 years yeah and communication has never been an issue for us right like even when we have a disagreement or a difficult time now that's not to say there aren't times that we're both moody or grouchy or one of us is moody or grouchy or something happens and one of us just needs a minute to like walk away right for for our own emotion but that we recognize that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the other person so when we come back and we have that conversation and communicate what it was that went wrong or our feelings were hurt or we felt this way or had this expectation because that's really the basis I think between uh, or the basis of where most pain points happen mm-hmm. in any relationship, whether it's business or personal, is the reality didn't make, meet the expectation. Right. So if you can have clear communication beforehand about what those important expectations are, mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. And if you can communicate when you're feeling like reality isn't meeting that expectation that you both agreed on, you know, then that's setting yourself up for, you know, success. And I feel like if when you have those experiences, because everyone does, we Mm -hmm. have, we will in the future, but if we can come back after that time period is done and say, okay, so is there anything that we can do different in the future to keep something like that from happening again? I think that's important too. Yeah. So I, the other big tip I would say is have some years under your belt with the person so that you know how you've handled conflict in the past, Mm -hmm. how you've dealt with even each other just having like mood swings or, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, we had 20 years, so we've pretty much seen and done it all with each other. So we knew that being in business together was going to feel like nothing compared to some of the past things we've gone through together. Um, And the other thing is, is just because you're close friends, like still be put on your big girl business pants and meet with a lawyer, meet with a CPA. Don't just do things on good faith and word of mouth and, um, you know, have it in writing, like what your exit plan is and what does it mean if someone just decides to come to the other one one day and be like, I want out, you know, I can't do this anymore. I've had something go down in my life or I just don't want to do this business anymore. I want to try something else or I've gotten this other cool opportunity. You need to like already kind of have it in your mind when you're both in a good place um, mentally, like how you would handle that and what you think the pain points would be and where you think feelings might be hurt. You know, like, oh, well, if you did it this way, I would be mad. But if you did it this way, I would feel better about it. Right. Um, And put that in writing. I mean, you don't have to make it official. It doesn't have to be like a huge contract. Um, It just needs to be. It just needs to be a plan. um, Kind of like a prenuptial agreement. Right. Like just a, hey, we don't want to break up. But just in case we did, why don't we set the terms while we're 
speaking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's important to know, and you made an excellent point when you said when you're in a good frame of mind and you're thinking logically, because odds are if you're at a point where you're wanting to break away from a partnership or walk away from something, something is happening in your life that you are under a lot of stress, you are making emotional or potentially making emotional decisions like, how great would it be to be able to take all the emotion out of this decision and just be like, this is the plan we agreed on. Right. It's already decided. It's already written out that if I'm ready to make that decision, these are the steps I need to take. Mm-hmm. And no hard feelings. It's just, it is what it is. Right. And you both agreed on that ahead of time. It just, it takes the emotion, I feel like, and the pain out of it. Yeah. You know, not to say there wouldn't be some sadness over not, you know, continuing that relationship in that way, but it certainly makes it, I feel like, a whole lot easier to navigate and still remain friends. Right. In the end, than if none of that existed and you were just making decisions on a minute-by-minute basis. Yeah. So... Yep, that I would totally agree with all of those things. <laughs> so, but we love it. Yes. It's been great for you know, us. I get excited <laughs> when I come to the clinic and I see your or Ina's car yes. here. I'm like, yes. And then when all three of us are here. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. It's party central. I love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. So... All, all that to say, we love it. If you are considering that, just kind of think hard and like Candace said, be self-aware and think those things through, but it's definitely possible. All right. Well, that wraps up. We had some excellent questions. Thank you so much. We already mentioned that all of our contact info is in the show notes. So keep those questions coming and Every time we um, are ready to change gears a little bit, we can go to those. And uh, we love hearing what you guys are interested in. So, all right. Any last words? That sounds bad. (laughs) 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 We're not at the guillotine. (laughs) Wow. Jeez. You have been listening to this murder podcast. Oh, gosh. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, (laughs) we hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye, guys.